Welcome to Manage Tools. Simple Facilitation, Choosing a Plan, Part 2. Here we go. This cast answers these questions. How can I help a group figure out how to choose a plan? What tools can I use to go from ideas to action when facilitating? How can I help a group make planning decisions? Well, if you want answers to these questions and more, keep listening. If you're struggling with a relationship with your team or your boss or your peers, or maybe you're not struggling, but you just want to get better in terms of relationships and you understand DISC, we highly recommend you consider our Effective Relationships series of podcasts. You can buy a series telling you that if you're a D, how to relate to your directs, each of whom D, I, S, and C, or if you're a D, relating to your boss, who might be a D, I, S, and C. It will tell you in every podcast, some of them as much as two hours long, how to handle meetings, how to handle delegations, how to handle feedback and coaching, how to brief your boss, how to disagree with your boss, how to communicate in general with your boss, what your boss wants from you and what you might want from your directs as well. Many of the show notes are 20 and 25 pages long to give you many, many examples and many, many details of behaviors you can engage in to, again, as we like to say, reduce the drama, reduce the tension, reduce the conflict, and increase the harmony and collaboration, which leads to better outcomes because it's all about results and people are what's important. Last week, we talked about a couple things. One is it's okay not to know what is next when putting a plan together. And the way you get from the blank slate is to something that's concrete and actionable is starting with brainstorming. And I think next on our list is the use of visual record keeping as part of brainstorming. And there's a lot of folks out there talking about brainstorming. That's not terribly new, but visual record keeping is not discussed as much as the idea of uh, brainstorming. And you're missing it if you're not using it. The two of them together are really powerful. um, And visual record keeping is a fairly prosaic thing. You say, well, okay, yeah, we had somebody take notes and so on. We, we did the brainstorming thing. And then you, you listen to somebody start talking about their brainstorming and well, they're arguing over points. Well, that won't work because of this, I'm like, you know, you just want to say, dude, that's not brainstorming. The whole point of brainstorming is quantity over quality. If we cover the territory because we're thinking quantitatively and we, we essentially sample a gigantic map, we can feel pretty good that we have something pretty close to all the possible choices. And then, because qualitative thinking is different than quantitative thinking, the act of creating a bunch of stuff is different than the act of deciding. They're two very different mindsets. It reminds me of the book, you know, Thinking Fast and Slow. And visual record keeping, to me, is irretrievably linked to brainstorming. If somebody said to me, well, we're taking notes or we're doing it this way, I've got a guy typing it, or even worse, they're they're typing it on, a, you know, on a, everybody's computer screen. It is not the same experience. Well, I'd argue that, yeah, that if and if you're not using visual record keeping, the lack of the visual record keeping is going to cause people to behave in a way that rapidly becomes not brainstorming, right? Exactly. It becomes very individualistic and so on. Yeah. Let's talk about visual record keeping. The, the best way to maintain the energy of a group And if you're doing, if you're brainstorming, if you're trying to boil the ocean and figure out what you're going to do, you need energy. You can't have people just throwing out ideas kind of randomly or or somewhat uninterestedly. You have to have people thinking about it. They have to be thinking about it. They have to be listening to everybody else's input. And so we've discovered really not 
intentionally I when I first started doing this that if you capture visually meaning when notes are taken about comments that are made you write them down in front of everybody so everybody can see what you're writing when you do that it completely changes the discussion it involves everyone I often say that when you do like when we uh, talk about uh, ground rules at our public conferences we write them down where everybody can see it and the reason why is because now there is a shared document everybody doesn't have their own document that's why in part you project slides so that everybody sees it rather than having everybody looking at their own set of slides now if you only have one person taking notes during a, a brainstorming session the notes are hidden People can't look through them and be inspired for more ideas. If I'm writing on a gigantic whiteboard or even on a whole bunch of pre-positioned flip chart paper, and I'll come back to that. In other words, I'm not going to use flip chart paper that I turn over and over and over because I'm ended up covering up the ideas. If I'm writing on a giant whiteboard that eight or 10 people in the room can see all of the notes I'm taking, they can look at any of the notes. So once I've gotten 20 notes up there, Person A, person B, person C are suggesting the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd idea. Person D, he can't talk at the time that other people are talking. And for a moment, he looks back at a couple of the other ideas, and he has the opportunity to marry two of those together and come up with, you know, through hijacking or piggybacking, whatever you want to call it, he comes up with a better idea. But people can't combine ideas or think creatively or th see something differently that's said if it's not written down and kept in a live record during the brainstorming. If Mike and I are being led by Sarah in a brainstorming session and I say X and Mike says Y and then somebody else says Z, I don't remember everything everybody else says. And now I feel like an island. I don't feel like we're doing this as a group. We don't get any benefit of tangential ideas or related ideas. It becomes desultory. It becomes much more, oh, I have to come up with another idea. And very quickly, what you discover is a brainstorming session. There is no visual record where you're not writing everything down. You run out of energy much more quickly because... I have four or five ideas when I start the brainstorm session. I'm, I'm happy to share the ideas, assuming the facilitator was smart and said, hey, we're going to brainstorm this. Be thinking about it in advance. We talked about that in our brainstorming podcast guidance from years and years and years ago. Maybe I have five. But if I can't hear everybody else's, if I can't see what everybody else's is, I might come up with maybe one more. And it's only based on having an immediate thought when, when maybe Mike is talking. But if I have the entire list of, let's say there's five people brainstorming, they all bring five things and there's 25, you're going to get people capturing one and adding something different. And suddenly now you don't have 25 ideas, you have 40 ideas. And the energy keeps going. In other words, you get ideas fairly quickly. And there's a big difference between a two-minute brainstorming session that dies after a minute and you try to extend and you're just staring at your audience and the brainstorming session that after two minutes, people are starting to combine and so on and it's still going. We don't recommend that you, you spend 30 minutes or 40 or 50 minutes in a brainstorming session unless you're certain there's an hour or more worth of stuff because 
the end of a brainstorming session where you're pulling teeth to get information is just no fun. And people don't believe they, they tend to undervalue the input that's put in because people just are implying that they don't care about the ideas that they're throwing up there. They almost feel like they're meeting a responsibility to have ideas, but they don't even feel particularly strongly about the ideas. And look, whoever writes the ideas down, if you have somebody typing notes, let me do this. Let me take a little aside here and talk about typing. There are plenty of people who go, well, Mark, we can't do it. We're in distant locations. Fine. Okay. So we're going to type notes and we're going to have a a wiki page or we're going to have a Google Doc or we're going to have, you know, Microsoft Word Live or whatever, and we're going to type. I'm just going to say it again. I, I, Folks, we love our technology here. I'm sorry. Typing is not the answer. People do not get the same experience as they do when you actually physically have to move and write things down on the board. And they also don't get the same thing about a long list because I'll tell you, in a lot of those wiki pages, a lot of those things where we're typing, you either have to make it so small to get everything in or things scroll off of the board. Well, there's different typing and somebody taking notes, do it typing is an individual experience. And the whole point of brainstorming or part of the, uh, maybe not the point, you know, one of the things that facilitates the, the value created by brainstorming is it's a group experience, right? And it's that yeah. shared experience that makes it. And I've been in brainstorming sessions before where they're not using visual record keeping and an idea is thrown out and you have no idea whether your, your idea was captured or not. Yeah. And I got to tell you, when you do this, this is sort of a further aside about visual record keeping and brainstorming. If you don't use visual record keeping and there is no evidence, there's no clarity about the facilitator saying we're going to capture all this stuff. If you're in a brainstorming session, nothing is written down. There's no evidence of it. I can promise you there are people that think that there is an answer and either the facilitator or the leader or the manager know what it is and they're just waiting for you to say it. Because otherwise, the idea of having a brainstorm and then say you have 50 ideas and the fifth idea is really great, why keep going? I mean, are we hoping that the 10th or 21st or 84th idea is going to be better? And how will we remember the 24th versus the 5th or the 10th or the 21st and so on? Typing in our experience doesn't work. Plus, again, guys, your brain stores pictures. It doesn't store text. We've all had the experience of taking notes in a meeting and then saying, shoot, I can't remember what I promised him. I got to go back. I got to check. And you say, I know exactly where the note is. It's on the right-hand side of my notebook. It's in the bottom. I put an underline underneath it. And that helps you find it much more quickly. If you typed notes, you literally have to read all your typed notes. And because your brain doesn't store all those typed notes, And that's because your brain stores pictures. And the beauty of thinking about writing big enough so everybody in a room can see is there's a picture. And you can actually take a picture of your brainstorming stuff. And it makes it, you can either send out pictures to everybody. Here are our brainstorming ideas if they help you in terms of moving forward with whatever you're doing as part of this project. Or you could have them typed up if you want. I happen to like seeing the notes because... The notes can have arrows, they can have stars, they can have smiley faces, which are moments, human moments, that add emotion, which adds to your memory experience of the brainstorming. I wish it wasn't. I wish brainstorming wasn't emotional. I wish we were all just purely rational creatures. But, you know, if wishes were horses, beggars would ride. So, something else, too. 
the person who writes down the list, who, who types the list, is not going to contribute. To be the typist is to be excluded, okay? That's why we say the facilitator is the one who writes things down, in part because if you have somebody typing, they're not going to say, when Mike says, I think we ought to do X, the typing person has got to capture the notes. They're not going to say, great job, who's next? They're busy typing. If you're facilitating at the front of a room, you are seen as the presenter, but if you're allowing other people to brainstorm, the presenter is essentially more of a facilitator, but you still get the benefit of being the person at the front of the room and being able to make comments and to encourage and so on. And by the way, if somebody types notes or writes notes down individually, they're going to get some of the ideas wrong, but you'll only know that once the list is read aloud... Whereas if you get something wrong at the front of the room and somebody said X and you write up there Y, somebody else, not even the idea person, can say, Mark, I think you got that wrong. It should say this. Oh, thank you. Really appreciate it. Good. Something else, too. Everybody's sitting down. You're standing up. You're moving around. You're turning back and forth between the audience. You're writing as fast as you can. Yes, you need to write legibly. It adds energy to the room. It keeps people focused on the group experience and not on their phones and so on. And by the way, if somebody takes notes and then you have to go over, the, read the entire notes to everybody, you're going to spend several minutes correcting mistakes on the list. Again, total buzzkill. The group won't see. We, you know, people are all the time telling me about I'm an auditory listener. I'm a, I'm a visual or a visual learner or whatever. I'm an auditory listener. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm an auditory learner. Sorry. And um, I say, okay, great. Giving people more communication channels. So they're listening to the ideas, but then they're also seeing the ideas. They're perceiving the facilitator moving around greatly increases the memory uh, potential and the creativity of the group when it's done this way. And something else too, we're going to get to voting here in a minute. A list on a piece of paper is not going to be useful when we get to our voting. So what does this mean for visual record keeping? I've already alluded to it. You're going to use a whiteboard or you're going to use flip charts. Now, if you use flip charts, you've got to get the sticky ones. I mean, you could use tape, obviously, but you've got to stick a bunch of them up on a wall next to one another and essentially recreate what amounts to a whiteboard. Otherwise, you're turning pages, and again, the list is disappearing. You might as well be typing them out one at a time. Or every time you tear one off, you have to walk away. Everybody has to wait while you post it on the wall and then come back to the flip chart page. Crazy. Now, how do you do this? You say, okay, what ideas do you have? And you ask for ideas. When you get one, you write it down. You repeat it when you write it down to make sure you have it right, to give everyone a second chance in the group to hear it. And like it or not, you saying it again makes it feel like there were just two ideas discussed. And in some cases, one person saying it versus another person saying it changes people's perceptions of the idea. Further, if you do it this way, if you're the facilitator and you're standing up in front of everyone and you're smart enough to know that when you're in front of an audience, there's a divergence between your energy and theirs. And if you want people to stay focused, you have to provide some energy to the room. Otherwise, they're sitting down, you're standing up. And if you attempt to match their energy level, everybody's going to be asleep in 15 minutes or on their phones, but you can reward and encourage more ideas by responding positively to each idea. You can say, great, good. 
You know, hey, thanks, Mike. Appreciate that. Well done. Or, That's creative. Or I hadn't thought of it that way. That's good. You're going to get more ideas this way because people like to be thanked and they like to be shown appreciation in front of their colleagues. Mike, we should at some point get a video of one of us doing a visual brainstorm, a visual record keeping yeah, of a brainstorm so people can experience the difference. In fact, we should do both. We should do typing and we should do visual record keeping. And I mean, if somebody were to say, well, I prefer typing. Well, that's like me telling my boss, I prefer coming in at noon. (laughs) No, dude. The whole point of this organization is, to some degree, we need to communicate on a regular basis. And so the wisdom of years and years in organizational life is office hours are valuable. I'm not saying they're always valuable, but you saying I prefer X doesn't trump the years and years and years of experience that other people have saying this is the way to do it. Good example. Um... IDEO and Frog Design, two of really famous design firms that are, you know, that put design into our everyday lives through products um, and services that we all use and famous, famous, famous companies. Even though they're creative, uh, people think of them as incredibly creative, they have fairly rigid, if you will, processes that they have to follow. There is a part of their process where they all get in a room and it's a certain room which has certain tools and toys in it, and they capture things in a certain way. And they ask questions to validate things in certain ways. It reminds me of the the thing you sent. You just took Sydney to Disney World recently, and you said, you know, you saw the sign there that I saw when I was there years ago with my kids, which was even creative people need deadlines, right? Yep. And creativity also responds well to some process. Not utter rigidity, but this is a better way to do it than typing. Even if you like to type, even if you think that saves you time after the fact, typing up notes, the time you save after a meeting, not typing up notes because you typed during the meeting is trivial compared to the benefit of the qualitative and quantitative improvement in the brainstorming process by using visual record keeping. Thanks everyone. That's it. We'll finish this series up next week. In the meantime, Have a great one. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want the how-tos of management wherever you are, check out the free Manager Tools mobile app. It's available on both iOS and Android devices. Go to the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and download the Manager Tools app. Just search for Manager Tools in the respective store or go to the Manager Tools website, www.manager-tools.com, and you'll find the links on the bottom of the homepage. Once you've installed the Manager Tools app, you'll have access to all the Manager Tools and Career Tools shows, anytime, anywhere you want. With easy searching of podcasts by category, using the map of the universe, or using built-in search functions, it couldn't be easier. Additionally, if you're a Manager Tools personal licensee, you'll have easy access to all the show notes right from the app whenever you want. Go to the App Store and download the Manager Tools mobile app. You'll be happy you did.